Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Tonight we give you glory, Lord. Tonight we've come to this place to praise God. Tonight we know that there is a weapon available to every Christian. When we use that, the gates of hell can come crashing down. We know, Lord, we are more than conquerors. We know that regardless of any circumstances, we can praise the Lord. We can worship God. We can obey. We can trust in the Lord. We have the power of the name of Jesus. We have the power of the blood of Jesus. We have the weapons of our warfare. We are strong in the Beloved. We are more than conquerors and greater is He who is in us than he who is in this world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, this night for your blessing upon your Word and upon everyone that's present. Ignite the fire of your Spirit in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord a praise after everybody right now. Amen. Well, hallelujah. This morning we had a very important message. If you missed out on that, you need to listen to it. It's the story of the city of Philippi and how Philip II of Macedon took that city and later on made it the same as his name, King Philip. He was Philip II. And his son was Alexander the Great. And he took the Grecian army, this man, and he made it a formidable force which his son then took over from him and of course conquered the rest of the world at that time. Very powerful family, this family. And then we know Paul that arrived there in the city of Philippi. Beautiful place at the base of a mountain. And interesting, you know, it makes me think so much because every time I come to church, I have to cut over 24 kilometers. Paul walked 14 kilometers, should I say. Paul walked 14 kilometers into the city of of. Uh, the Philippi, when he came there from Neapolis to Philippi, it was 14 kilometers. They had there a city in the midst of the gold mines. We're living on the high felt in the midst of the gold mines. Can you say amen? Do you know Johannesburg's called the city of gold? Now, don't look at me if you never heard of gold. How many of you know we're walking on it down there? And there are gold mines everywhere. That was the, the city of the gold mines. Moreover, there was a river, and the river went past the city. And that river there, there is a river that came down here, just took out that bridge down there. And they still, I wish they'd go fast on that thing. So I'm just praying for them. Can you say amen on that one? But if you go down a little bit towards those flats down there, you look down the river, you see it's got pools that inlets, it's, it's like the place where Lydia, the seller of purple, lived, and she walked there. Every indication is, by the majority, she was Jewish, because in the Greek it says she was a worshiper of God Almighty. But she didn't know the full story of Jesus. Paul set his foot on the continent, planted the first church of the continent of Europe, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go further in Asia, Asia Minor, all those churches there. Now it was Europe. He planted a church in Europe. And guess what? There at the foot of the mountain, there was the riverside. There the Jews, the few that were there, went to worship. Her name means a pool of water, crystal clear water. That's Lydia. And so 
she became, listen to what I'm saying next, the first convert of the Apostle Paul on the second missionary, this time going to Europe, setting his foot on Europe ground or the soil of Europe, she was the first convert into Christianity. It was a woman by the name of Lydia. Quite remarkable. That church became the whole city, became a Christian church. It's like they lived like that until there was a huge earthquake so many years later that flattened the city. But the ruins are amazing. If you look at the archaeological sites, I investigated those things, and it looks just so amazing to see that prison of the Apostle Paul still there, intact. Unbelievable. Those walls are like that thick. And it's many stones. To get out of that place is just impossible. There was the prison. There's the place where Paul walked in. And so it is that that was the place where the Lord started the church of the continent of Europe. It would spread. But that's not the only story of Philippi. Because if we looked further than this story of, of Lydia, the seller of purple, and all her friends, do you know that in chapter number two, it tells you that that church, Paul was a young man there. But he went on through life. He was now, it was like, we're talking about 50, uh, 47, 50 years A.D. Paul was there. Now, at the end of his life, as a young man he, man, he came there. Now, at the end of his life, he's in Rome. And now he sends Epaphroditus there. And Epaphroditus is the one who is obviously if you look at the scriptures, a man of means, because he took care of Paul's needs in Rome, and the church of Philippi, Philippi was supporting Paul all the way through his ministry, but couldn't get to him in Rome, but Epaphroditus was there. Then he got sick. Then Paul prayed for him. At the point of death, he got healed. And now Paul sends him back, and he says, well, Epaphroditus looked after me in all of my needs like you did, but now you can't because of where you are and because of the situation with the Roman Empire. Chapter number two of the book of the Philippians. So, very interesting story, but the story does not end there. For there to the south of that city, some distance, if you follow the curvature of, let's call it the state of Greece, towards the south, close to the city of Athens, but north of Athens, let's say from here to, let's say, warm baths or maybe the other side of Pretoria, there was a mountain with the name of Parnassus. Parnassus was, according to the Grecian philosophy and what they, you know, the mythology, should I be saying, According to, they were full of that stuff. You go to Greece, you just see all the stuff that they had. They worshiped this, that, and the other. It's all over their pottery, all over the paintings of the pottery. Now, Paul went there, and um, he arrived in that city. Lydia was, was baptized, saved, baptized, and God saved her with a whole household. She supported them, and then the city supported Paul. But now, we find another strange thing. In the south was Mount Parnassus. They had slave trade, which is God forbidden. Slave trade running at high tide amidst the Roman Empire. Some people are said to have 25,000 slaves, some of the rich Romans. 
so many, it was like having your own army available. But they had these slaves. So somehow from Mount Parnassus, some distance now to the north in the curvature of the land, next to the Aegean Sea, which is the Goat Sea, if you take it from the Greek, uh, there was a little slave girl. I don't know if she was bought and she had owners. But she was bought because of a specific thing she was capable of doing. She was a fortune teller. And she was from the area of Mount Parnassus. There, in Grecian mythology, at Mount Parnassus, there was a battle between the so-called god Apollo and Pythos, the python spirit. Now, the python spirit was known to be the spirit of fortune-telling amongst the Grecians. And so he, um, she was sold and she went towards the same city of Philippi. Arriving in the city, she had owners, the Bible says, not one but more. And these owners used her for profiteering. She would tell fortune left, right, and center to everybody that was around. And they made a lot of money out of her. They could just sit back and tell the little slave girl, go there to that and that and that. And so it was that when they again, after the city, after the situation with Lydia, they again went down to the river that a certain slave girl who had the spirit of the python, which then is translated Apollo Pythos, Apollo Pythos, Apollo that now actually conquered the python spirit and then took on that characteristic. So Apollo was now the god, the so-called god, that could also tell fortune and predict future events. She had the spirit of the python. And so this young girl went around. And now Paul, again, as they go down to prayer, where do they go down to prayer? To the riverside. To this day, there's an amphitheater, exactly the spot where Lydia was baptized. And you could still, they baptize people every day there, all the time now, through the centuries. And so here, Paul's going down to the riverside because that's a place of gathering of the believers. They didn't have a synagogue in the city, not enough people there. So he goes down there. And this time, the little slave girl crosses the path of Paul and Silas and the company of people that now grown around him because they were now living the, his team, they were living in the house of Lydia. Obviously, she had a lot of room there for that type of thing, but she had the means. And so now, this little slave girl goes and she says, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they show unto you the way of salvation. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they show unto you the way of salvation. She carries on saying that over and over. Now, Paul the Apostle gets to a point where he turns around and he looks at this woman and discerns the Spirit. Powerful gift of discerning of spirits. I want to tell you how that man was led. How the Spirit of God prohibited him, prohibited him from even going any further towards Asia, but now it was Europe. And here's this woman. She doesn't know them, but she's prophesying now that they are children, servants of the Most High God and showing the way of salvation. Paul turns around, obviously through the gift of discerning of spirits. It's a powerful gift of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says to that spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of that woman. And that spirit left her in the self-same hour. 
suddenly the owners are in trouble because the income is gone. She's not capable of giving any further fortune telling. That's an evil thing. It's an evil activity. And so now she can't do it anymore. She's now in a problem situation. And uh, her owners are dissatisfied. She's worthless to them. She's now completely worthless. So all the way there from the south, now she comes to the city, and that's the end of the story. So they now, they then stir up a riot. They say, well, you know, according to Roman law, you've got to worship Caesar. You have to follow the gods of the Romans and nothing else. Now these men here are proclaiming a message which is contrary to Roman law. And therefore, they went to the judges of the city. The judges in the Greek tells you the generals that were appointed to that city. So it's generals, captains, all army soldiers that were now supervising as judges of the city at the same time while they military. And uh, they ran to the judges and they grabbed hold, stirred up a big rebellion. They grabbed hold of Paul and Silas and they began to beat them. Now we know that on the side of Israel, they had 39 stripes. But when it came to the Romans, stripes, like Paul writes later on, without measure. They beat them. They beat them. They took the skin off them. They had rods of all kinds. They beat them and they hurt them and they tortured them. And Paul and Silas in this state is now taken and cast into prison. Well, you know, of course, they don't know that Paul is actually, actually both of them. It says we are Roman citizens later on. But they didn't know that. So these generals take the authority and they cast them in jail without any form of judgment whatsoever. There's no court case. They're just guilty because the crowd said so. And uh, they don't know the whole story. So Paul and Silas goes into prison. Now, that prison in Philippi is one of the most beautifully preserved prisons I've ever seen. That thing stands, if you look, you type in your, on, on your computer, you search for the prison of Philippi, you'll quickly find it. Just say Philippi, it's, um, and then say Greece. And it'll take you there. You'll see the pictures. It's not a big building, but it's a thick-walled building. You see the gate, you see the place where they kept the prisoners. So here sits two men of God, two soldiers of the Most High God, two men on a mission. The Holy Spirit go, said, go there, the Macedonian call. God knows in advance what's coming. Paul and Silas sits in jail. They put their feet in stocks. Now, in the Greek, it tells you it's like wooden, uh, let's call it wooden plates or wooden boards. You know, it's like this. And then they, they made a hole there and a hole there. And that would force the legs apart and then forward through that hole. So as to create major discomfort because it was painful to be stretched like that with your feet and then held like that. Now here they are, they are hurting on their legs. Most probably they had what, what we call pins and needles and eventually their feet would be like feeling as if they did. You know, you get that feeling sometimes in your limbs. Sometimes if you sleep in the wrong way, you sometimes get that. Occasionally you get that, but some people get it more, I suppose. But now their feet are like this. They're sitting. They can't sleep. 
if they lie back, there's nothing really behind them, but that wall there is a bad wall. You don't want your body that's broken and your skin's right off. Nobody's helping you. If you bleed to death, that's okay. You're a prisoner. You're worth nothing. So here they're in that pain, pain in their bodies, pain in their legs, but at midnight. But at midnight. Here's the beauty of the story. Paul and Silas were praying pros eucheo in the Greek, which means giving petitions to God. They were just praying. And then once they prayed, they began singing hymns. Now the Greek word hymnos means praise and worship. In some cases, praise depends on the context of where it's happening and how it's happening. Praise and worship. So here they are, and they say, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, why are you so quiet about that? Give the Lord a praise offering. Is the joy of the Lord your strength? In the most terrible situations, no water, no food, tomorrow's judgment, you could be killed. If those judges called it, judges called it out, you could be killed. Obviously, evidently, Paul knew what was coming the following day. And he was perfectly in control. The Holy Spirit always puts you in control. If you walk with God, you're in control. Regardless of your circumstances, you're in control. Doesn't matter how bad it looks, you're in control. Doesn't matter if you've got a setback, you're in control. Tomorrow, the Lord's got deliverance for you. The Lord will change your fortunes for the better. The Lord will open a door. So here they are. And they praising God. You know, in the sanctuary, they praising God. They singing songs. And they worshiping and praising the homnos in the Greek. It refers to both cases, either praise. I could show you that I could read it to you from the dictionary here. But I got it in memory in any way. They are busy worshiping God, praising God in the middle of their pain, in the middle of the night, in the middle of discomfort. They praying and then they begin to praise God, praise God, praise God. Give the Lord a quick praise offering, everybody. Praise God, praise God. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Oh, I tell you, they were busy praising God. They couldn't care about anything else. It seemed like the pain was gone. It seemed like everything was changing. Suddenly at midnight, God knocks on the door. And you know when He knocks on any door, the Creator, He shook that place. And I was thinking about it, it's just funny, you know, because you got the whole city there. You got maybe about 5,000 people at least that lived according to the archaeology and the site there that was actually resident there. That, mid that earthquake at midnight caused the doors to jump open, the chains to fall off them, the stocks on their feet, everything was loosed. They sitting there, they free, they just praising God, minding their own business, praising God, minding their own business. The next moment, the place is shaken, Paul just stays where he is because he's got a case now. He's a Roman also. And of course, the jailer, he was one of the Roman soldiers. That jailer 
when he realized that, well, he thought anyway, he thought that they're all gone. All the prisoners have now escaped. That's just gone, this empty place. Tomorrow, they'll take my life. Because that was the punishment if you let prisoners escape in the Roman Empire. Even if you were a Roman soldier, you are dead. And so there's Paul and Silas and everybody sitting there watching this. The rest of the city must have been also shaken unless God did something like that. But I would assume that the whole city could feel that earthquake. And suddenly... They would turn around. They would never know the drama that was playing off in jail. This man comes to Paul. When Paul says, don't hurt yourself. Take it easy. Be calm. Be at ease now. Like we would say in modern language, cool it. Just, just be, just for it column now, you saw. We're all here. Nothing is going to come to you. He comes now. That soldier falls on his knees. You can look at some artwork at that. You get it on the computer. You know, he falls on his knees and he says these words, beautiful words from the Bible. Sirs, Acts chapter number 16. What must, what can we do? What must we do to be saved? Now he calls the prisoners, sir. Just the day before, Paul was an outcast. Now he became Sir Paul. Suddenly, Sir, what can we do to be saved? And Paul believes, says these words, believe, it's beautiful. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your whole house. Just believe. What a thing to say. At one statement, Paul said, your whole house. A lot of people Believe God for the salvation of the whole house. But it's not yet happening. Paul says to that man, he says, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your whole house. And they were all saved. He then takes them to his house. He treats the wounds on their bodies. And then after that, he gets baptized. Now, most probably they went on a little walk down there to the riverside. Walk back from the river. He's now a baptized man. He's a believer. The man's saved. Now, the following day, the judges come along. And they say, okay, now, let's get those guys, those people that caused this rebellion. Paul says, tell them to just go home. Paul says, no, we're not going home. You've just beaten Roman citizens. And that was big in the Roman Empire. You have beaten Roman citizens, plural, without any form of justice, without a court case, without nothing, who do you think you are? You better come here to us. We're not even coming to you. Now those generals, the magistrates appointed there, they now get the fright. And here they come running to reconcile and they beg Paul, please would you leave our city, just leave the city. It's too late. The whole city was now becoming a Christian city. Please, 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 you know, just... So Paul says, hmm. They go off to the house of Lydia. They assemble the believers there. And then they take the road on, on the missionary journey that God had appointed in the continent of Europe. So the story of Lydia doesn't stop there. The story of Philippi doesn't stop there. It continues in a missionary journey step by step, story by story, story by story, such as is the Bible. But here's the story for the night. 
in the worst of your circumstances, wherever you find yourself this night, difficulty this night, what are you doing when it's difficult like that? And you cannot even think of a solution. What and how do you handle it? I make a statement now. Prayer, praise, and worship. And I now specifically, apart from prayer, because we pray a lot here, praise and worship is a weapon. Praise and worship will set you free. Tonight, here at Little Falls Christian Center. I want the band to come up, please. Praise and worship will change your whole life. You and your household will be saved because of your praise and your worship life. You know, people come into church and then they, on a Sunday morning, I, I, you know, I become aware of it. They come to church like, church starts nine o'clock. Okay, we take it easy. Wait till the offering is over and all the paraphernalia and all of that stuff. We are of the executive council. We've just, you know, we're just real cool. So we'll come at 20 minutes past nine. They miss the fact and they don't understand that praise is terribly important. Worship is terribly important. It is what sets people free from a prison in your own life. It's what breaks the chains of bondage. It's what God inhabits the praises of His people. It's what changes your life, will change your life. Your praise and your worship life is the most It's the most essential discipline. If you can pray, if you read the Word of God, if you can, under the most difficult circumstances, say, praise God. Well, the devil says, I got you now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, bless the... We had a song here tonight, earlier tonight. What was that? Bless the Lord, all my... Whatever that was. It just sounded very good. You know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Hey, Yanni? A mark your loss, a bricky banda, the ketangs vai, the trong gaan up. Don't worry about that, Dr. Dennis. You'll understand everything by the Holy Spirit tonight. It makes the difference when you're a praiser. If you worship God, if you praise God, if you praise God. Now don't sit there, begin to move with God, begin to praise God. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the Lord! Come on! Come on! Come on! Right, let's go! Tonight, God is going to change people's destiny in this place. If you've got a problem, you've got a reason for praise. Let me say that again. If you have a problem, you have a reason to praise and to worship Almighty God. Shout hallelujah. say tonight, not just the youth, but how many people in this place have a, just hold on, hold on, how many people in this place 
you also have a problem that seems to be too difficult to overcome. Let me see your hands. Now those people, tonight I want to give you the advantage to come forward and praise God here for your miracle. Come right forward and then everybody else, let's do it. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.